Patriots. You be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. And you're listening to Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Royal Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, once again joined this week with Todd. Todd. Hello, hello. And welcome to post-family night, almost week one, almost actual football in pads, preseason football. But uh, Todd, got it's been a little over a week. Anything new? Oh, for me? No, just busy with work and stuff. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, I did enjoy the, the some of the tweets surrounding the tackle to the ground stuff, which I think they hadn't done in a while. I thought that was kind of cool. The uh, yeah, the running back period or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think that was the back end of last week before family night. It was probably like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, you don't. Uh, they said that they hadn't seen that like ever in Green Bay, or at least since which you I, know the I new think collective awesome. bargaining agreements. Yeah, yeah. Considering how bad, I mean, not always, but historically. You know, the last five, ten years, we've not been a great tackling team. Yes. Yeah. So I guess anything that they can do. Well, it was weird because Joe Barry's first year as defensive coordinator, and that was when the the first year with Devondre Campbell, I think that was a big reason for it. But the Packers were one of, if not the best tackling team in the NFL. And then last year, Darnell Savage got exposed and alone racked it up so that we fell into probably (laughs) the bottom third of the league. Well, and it really helps. I mean, if your middle linebacker is doesn't miss like what he, he didn't like miss a single tackle the entire year, like that's going to put you in a pretty good position. It was, I think, after the first or second game, Devondre <clears throat> Campbell had already had more missed tackles in 2022 than he had all of the previous season. It was something crazy yep, like that. That sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but talking about uh, preseason practice there or whatever. I did go to the Vikings. Once again, we live in the greater Twin Cities area. I live in Egan. And unfortunately, I'm incredibly close to the Vikings training facility. If you leave my driveway, turn right and drive for five minutes, you end up at their training facility. So we talked a little bit last week about a potential content thing that we're going to do. So I you know, I need to get some, some dirt on the Vikings and their practice because... 11 on 11 drills are very, very important to oh, yes. all the teams most. in the NFL. But so I went to their practice. You know, I was like, fuck, I can, you know, five minutes away, I can watch Justin Jefferson catch footballs for five bucks. Like, that's kind of cool. I still hate the Vikings. Yeah. And it was odd being there because it was a Saturday practice. I think there was probably like 5,000, 6,000 people, a bunch of people. And. At the beginning of practice, I wish I had recorded this. I see the Vikings cheerleaders coming out, four of them. They come out and they go right in the middle of the bleachers, like on the field below everyone. I'm like, yep. okay, what's what's going to happen here? And they like do their little dance or whatever real quick. And then they start doing the, the uh, skull chant, you know, slow. And then they build up and nobody did it correctly. Everyone was, 
everyone was off time. Everyone was like kind of half-assed laughing and it all ended. The cheerleaders walked off, didn't see them again. They literally came out to start practice with a skull chant. Totally messed it up. Just everybody botched it. And then they just left. Like it like they must do that at the beginning of every practice. Oh. So that's really interesting and <laughs> really lame. So there's yeah. that. That's the other thing, like, you know, I was a loser. I went to a football practice or uh, whatever, but you get there and all these people are so excited to be there and watch practice. And I know it's the same way in Green Bay, but it's like the yeah. players come on the field. Everyone's just fucking cheering. The first drill happens and the first catch happens and everyone starts cheering. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here? It's like when you go to a football <laughs> game and everyone cheers for the first, first down, super, it's like super when loud. clap when you land. Yeah. That kind of thing, but then even like the end of practice, like it's roaring applause. And I'm like, I understand everyone's really excited here, but what are we cheering for? What are you guys cheering for? Obviously I didn't fucking clap at all. Do they boo when there's a drop? No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if they booed when there was a drop, then I would be okay with it. If anyone was going to boo, it would have been me for, uh, you know, that traitor Dean Lowry, who I saw in person and. The, uh, I sent you a picture, the bald head of Mike Pettin. There's like a group. There's like a big huddle yeah. of people. And just in the back, you can see Mike Pettin's bald head in his glasses. Yeah, so. That's funny. But yeah, we'll, uh, on this episode, you know, our second week of training camp is pretty much wrapped up, getting ready for the first preseason game. So we'll once again go over the interesting news and notes of what we've seen from family night and the first uh, away joint practice practices. I think the Packers have maybe ever had i believe We've never had a way joint unless, unless they did way back in the day this is the first time it would be in a way joint practice oh, that's one of the that's... things that uh people have gotten pissed at and i understand it too is um and mark murphy had even said in the past that they'll never practice away from lambo because how important it is to have practices in person and fans can watch them and they can drum up money for green bay well, you well, what know. if those pa- fans are leaking important information? Yes. Like <laughs> videos of 11 on 11. That's my, f- that's my favorite. And then, you know, we're going to have this preseason game on Friday, and it's like, oh, throw that all out the window. Or even after week one against the Bears, it's like, okay, now everyone has that, and that's a lot <laughs> yeah, more important. Everyone can see it. Yeah, so <laughs> ridiculous. So we'll have news and notes on that. We'll talk a little bit about Family Night and Mark Murphy and the stream stuff. It's not so much Mark Murphy. I'm not as pissed at him oh. as I usually am. More so the whole, it seems like Matt LaFleur is the real paranoid one. And then we'll talk a little bit about former Packer Blake Martinez, who is a absolute scumbag. Absolute, <laughs> just fucking, you see the headlines, you're like, huh, he got banned off some site for Pokemon cards. It it's yeah. pretty bad, and I wonder if it's going to be a gigantic story. Like, it's some fucking, not Game of Thrones, but it's some, like, back-end bullshit with, like, his former fullback, whatever. We'll get into it. So there you go. Tune in Tune in for that really important yeah. stuff. But starting things off, like we have to every time for training camp, Jordan Love uh, still up and down training camp, but based off of everything I've read and everything I've seen, it's like every day is either a C or a B, and then he's had, like, one a practice and everything else is like up and down but today seemed pretty solid against the Bengals. family night was again kind of up and down he's almost like anders carlson which i think we mentioned before who's been missing his first kicks jordan love is 
a little slow to start in these games and practices and scrimmages and all that. His deep ball, his deep ball missed a couple of them. I don't know. You saw the highlights too, right, Todd? Well, and I, it just reminds me a little bit of like Favre, like every single game he'd chuck one like 15 yards mm-hmm. over whoever was out there. He'd just rip it. And it yeah. was like, okay, time, okay, now it's time to – now we have to play. That's like, the thing. Was... Your, you just rip it down the field. It's like, yeah, that was a really bad throw. Yeah, because – then he would just like dial it in. I don't know what it is, but – Yeah, and it's – well, I mean, we even saw the back end where there was games where Favre had five or six picks. I know that's the thing. I wonder how many like fans, especially on Twitter, actually watched Favre back in the day because it was just completely different. And I do – I, I would have thought by now that Love would have been throwing more picks in practices, but he really, it doesn't seem like he's being as risky in training camp as he was during OTAs and minicamp, because I think he's only up to like two, or I think it's three actual picks in practices. I guess with family night, it's up to four, but overall, I he's protecting the ball more than I thought he would, because in college, he was he was a gunslinger. And I mean, having a gunslinger is not always a bad thing because they are, it's going to be fun. Right. Yeah. And you're going to have the, the ups and the downs, but like, they're not scared to attack the field wherever. And mm-hmm. like, sometimes I would say the criticism of Rogers was he wasn't going to attack the middle of the field. He was going to make high percentage throws. He had that year where he threw the ball away. Like it was an, it was an amazing amount. He, 20, just, he would just dish 2018 it. or 2017. Yeah. It was I think ridiculous. It was, I feel like it was 17 is ringing a bell for me for some reason, but because I feel like he had a good year 2018. Anyways. No, 2018 was the last year with McCarthy. Oh, okay. I think that well, was. Well, that might have been that year then. Yeah. But yeah, and it was like, so like, I, I guess, so like sometimes the criticism there is, yeah, like protecting the ball is great. And like, that's why he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. A big part of that is because he protected the ball so well. But it is super fun. Like I think <laughs> back to like the Brett Favre days and you're like, man, literally anything could happen. You right. Two minutes left in the game, hell, even a minute left in the game, and it's like we could anything could happen. You well, know? that's what was weird about last year because Rogers seemed to bomb it up more than ever, and it wasn't successful hardly at all. I think play him if you got him, right? So if you got Christian Watson, yeah, we're like in the years past, we didn't have you got Devontae. Well, it was but he's not like it a was, burner, it was MVS forever. Not forever, but those few years, and that yeah. was like I, I don't guess, know, shooting I at 15, true. 20% maybe. And Devontae was stealing all the catches then. Like, nobody was getting looks when Rodgers needed a, a ball. Like, if he needed somebody to catch a ball, he wasn't looking at it, yes. Yeah, especially that divisional round game where I think it was, fuck, 70% of the targets went to Devontae. But, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I, I don't understand know it a little bit, but. Yeah, we digress very deeply there. Um, something that was interesting. So, Jordan Love, he was kind of up and down on family night. Like I said, you know, he was slow, finished pretty strong, had a couple he had a really nice deep throw to Romeo Dobbs he had the little sidearm pass to Aaron Jones between defenders that people really like I'm a little sick of them comparing that to the Corey Hall touchdown against the Vikings oh. when Rodgers was literally yeah. falling over <laughs> yeah. it was like a tiny little window and he was actually getting rushed when on this one, like Devondre Campbell, like they put their arms down and shit. It's like, come right. on, don't, can we please wait for actual football to make these comparisons? But uh, I know. So CBS was in town on uh, Tuesday 
And there was an interview I listened to with Peter King with uh, someone else from uh, CBS. And she had said that she talked to Jair and they were talking about Jordan Love. And Jair said that after family night, he asked Jordan Love how he thought he did. And Jordan Love was like upset and he wasn't happy with how he played. And Jair said that the first time we saw him after the game, it was uh, Jordan Love was in the cold tub with his iPad already reviewing film for like family night night. And Jair said that it was him and Jordan Love were the last two in the building and they left at midnight. But Jordan Love is just watching film the whole time. So it's like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be any good, but that's the stupid cliche quarterback, you know, first guy in last one out shit that you want to hear. about. It does make you feel good, at least about the potential that's there. Right. Because I think I've said this before, all those guys can throw the ball. Yes. It's whether I mean I think I really do honestly think I mean <clears throat> side note the Johnny Menzel stuff <laughs> you everybody saw that clip right of them being like, which one the zero the agent, the yeah, agent that, where he's like yeah. he's like yeah the browser told me he doesn't watch any film and he's like he's got to be watching some film right <laughs> yeah. and then they go don't they like cut to Johnny and he's like zero he's like just holds up a zero well because e- like, even before that there was uh, he had admitted that uh, he. He, he was hung over or drunk, yeah. like sleeping in a ball closet or did, something. Did he play with Josh Gordon? Briefly. I think very briefly they did. And that's uh, what a waste of those two together. Yeah. Like not that Johnny necessarily was going to be great, but like he at least had a shot and he just, yeah. just didn't care. God, and so I, anyways, so yeah, back to yeah, love. Yeah. It's like, it makes you feel good that we don't have, like it makes you feel like, okay, it's good to hear those things that we don't have somebody who's not taking it seriously yeah like you said it doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. um, but it makes you feel better at least about what you've got so absolutely so we'll see i mean there's once again jordan love the dude and all that could not be better at this point really um and then today you know we're talking about family night a little bit there it was the joint practices bill huber had this uh jordan love was 17 of 29 two touchdowns one pick in the red zone period apparently would have been like a 90 yard touchdown. It was like on a screen that the corner jumped. Not oh. great, but whatever. Either way, uh, Bill Huber even saying that there had Jordan Lovett as his player of the day, which is saying something, I guess. Um, sure. Other than that, it was a little interesting to hear what a couple Bengals players had to say about Jordan Love today because, you know, before this, we had only really heard from. Packer players mostly talking about his leadership. And then we had like Darius Slay in the offseason. That's about it. But here were yep. a couple comments um, on Jordan Love today. One, one's from DJ Reader, the defensive tackle, who we'll talk about later. But he said he seemed more confident under center. He seemed like he was feeling good. The offense was doing what it was doing. He was having a good day. He looked decent back there. He wasn't just running to take it off, wasn't doing any of that stuff. He was trying to go through his reads. We did a good job of staying off him. I thought he was decent. He had a good demeanor back there. I look at a lot of quarterbacks and see what they've got going on, especially because I'm right there on the ball. He had a good demeanor and things like that. So that, I guess that's not very positive. That's kind of, because I don't think think they trash these guys, but that's not bad either. You know, they wouldn't ever say he sucks, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the guy. I, I yeah, like Jay, I'm listening like Jair would probably say that somebody else. That's does. true. Yeah. <laughs> so there's well, guys out there that would do that. So, so here it's we go. not it's the, well, not nothing. So this is Mike Hilton. He's a veteran uh corner for the Bengals. He said, quote, real strong arm. Obviously, that's what he's been known for, which I sure, uh, but you can tell he's seeing things slower and his process is a little faster. So I feel like Green Bay got a good one. So that's pretty good. And then there's Jermaine yeah. Pratt, the linebacker, who said, I think he's good. I thought he was solid, to be honest. I didn't really know what to expect because I was always thinking of A-Rod, but I think he's solid. I think he'll be a great player, to be honest. He's learned a lot from A-Rod, and now he gets the keys to run the system. So that was probably... Yeah, the best quote we he had some really nice heard to say that guy had some nice things to say about the receivers, too. I think other than that, for quarterbacks, Sean Clifford, he's been looking better than people thought he would. I think that was one of the draft picks. A lot of people tra- trashed. It's funny him and um, Anders Carlson, and they've both been pretty good this week. Oh, <laughs> we yeah, trashed that. Pick. that was... <laughs> but we're just like regurgitating. It's not like we were watching a ton of film. It, he still oh, I had analyzed. I've been analyzing it for years. <laughs> I mean, he did watch him, and it did seem like an incredibly slow release and no zip on the ball, but he's, you know, he's... And he's, just ripping it at defenders. <laughs> like, when he's throwing it, he's just, like, right at him. I mean, but, the tape didn't look great. But he's played well enough that they did cut Danny Etling, which was a small surprise, I guess, but it makes sense that they only want to carry three quarterbacks going into the first preseason game. But he'd been that with the team a for, like, a year and a half, yeah. Yeah, with I think the Fleur's comment was just basically like when you have four quarterbacks yeah. and one of them is a rookie, it's like, yeah, you're, I mean. It, it was a little interesting when we even signed Magoo because usually we carry three guys during all of training camp. I don't think we had four last year. Magoo is an A-plus name. Awesome, yeah. When we brought him up the first time, I think you corrected me and said Mago, and I'm like, oh, Maga or something, Maga. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. But no, it literally is Alex Magoo. I hope he's I like the it. practice squad quarterback or something, yeah. just so we can keep saying his name. Um, running backs again, can't really say anything on Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon. Haven't heard much about that. Apparently, I guess they weren't running the ball great today in the eleven on elevens, but whatever. Um, Tyler Goodson had snaps with the starters on family night. That's a pretty big tell there. Uh, Lou Nichols, however, is out right now with that shoulder injury. He's been out the last three practices, including family night. So that's a little troublesome there. I do I do wonder what's going to happen because Goody loves his draft picks. But Tyler Goodson seems to be, you know, you can't say special, but he was a guy who ripped off a long run on the live tackling drill that the Packers had. He looked good pretty he looked pretty good last preseason. And if he got hit if he can pass block, that would be huge because right. he was bad at that. It sounds like he's pretty good out of the backfield. He doesn't play special teams, which the both Goody and LaFleur like said that's important for the running back spot. But I feel like we have so many competent special teams players on this team right now. I don't. You know, I don't think it's that valuable. It doesn't feel like we're in bad shape like we were a few years ago. Where it's yes. like, can we find a special teamer? Like there was, seemed like there was none. Now it's like, yeah, I definitely feel like we're pretty deep on that end. But I think that pairs with having such a young team. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have guys that are gonna be out there playing special teams. I mean, so that's one of the positives to having so many young guys. I think. Yeah. No, that's true. And we'll see. I feel like, um, and I forgot who was talking about this, but how the entire safety group has worked a lot with Rich Passaccia because they're pretty much all playing special teams, you know, especially someone like oh. Dallin Levitt, 
who was only a special teams player last year. You have Anthony Johnson Jr., seventh round rookie. You know, that's kind of, you got to be good at special teams if you're going to make the roster. So makes sense with all those guys who are kind of middling veteran receivers. Um, Wide receiver, not a ton to talk about here. Watson's still good. Uh, Romeo Dubs has had a kind of up and down training camp, but like today he had that really long reception, the 50-yard touchdown or whatever from Jordan Love, which was a fucking perfect ball. Uh, He had a deep catch on family night as well. Uh, I would have thought we would have heard his voice or heard uh, his name more this training camp, but it's only really been this last week that there's been much talk about him. He does sound like a different dude in interviews to last year. He's kind of a more introvert type guy anyways, but he's sure. a lot more confident now than he was last year when it didn't seem like him and Rogers had the best relationship, but either sure. way doing better now. Um, Jaden Reed, it sounds like he's going to be good. Jason Wilde really loves him. Um, he... A lot of people are saying a lot of positive things about him, which is great. And I'm trying to remember back. Did we hear a lot of positive things about um, Amari? Amari Rogers? Not really. I remember. So like in and people love fantasy football. Talk about fantasy football. In my dynasty league, I I moved up to take Amari Rogers in like the third round or something. Not because I like the talent, but because the contracts at the time, you knew sure. he was, it was like, this is going to be a possible number two target yep. in Green Bay a year from now. But so I, you know, that mini camp, OTAs, training camp, I kept waiting to hear good things about Amari. Very little. If anything, they were saying that he looks smaller and slower than they would have thought he <laughs> would have. And I with, with Jin Reed, it's been bad. exactly yeah. the opposite, you know, where he's very, very quick and sudden. And he's kind of built up, yoked up for being a 5'10 guy. I've seen some stuff, too, about the way he catches the ball. A lot of people like the way he snatches it out of the air and stuff like that, which is like. And then obviously there was that clip from a couple of weeks ago and stuff. Um, on the the it was like basically like an end around like a swing pass type of thing. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Or yeah, whatever it was. But anyways, like he looks he looks the part of the athletic slot um, that that you want to get the ball in space. I mean, that's he looks the part from everything that everybody's saying. Even in just uh, I was watching the Packers. They put out like a quick little highlight, like uh, whatever video with music over it. Like it's a minute long. And you watch that, and even in that, I, I was watching a drill where I don't think it was a drill. I think it was like uh, seven on sevens or something. And yep. he's doing the whole thing where he's running. He puts his arm up to fake like he's going deep, and then he cuts back and catches the ball. And I'm like, this fucking rookie is doing shit like that's that? Like It's just a tiny little clip, but that's pretty, you know, that's high level compared to what you would think a rookie guy would be so I'm curious to see, and one little, we'll talk about the depth chart a little bit. It doesn't matter too much, but it was interesting that they didn't list him as the starting slot guy. They did have Ture there, even though Reed has been taking 90% of the slot snaps, or at least he's been with the starters all of training camp. So it seems like he's going to get a lot of looks this year, which will will be fun to have an actual slot receiver in their prime for the first time since, you know, Randall Cobb. Um, Are you done with wideout now? No, a uh, couple. Okay. Couple, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, this, God, we're going to, this is going to be another nice long training camp uh, 
podcast, but uh, yeah, I think I know what you're going to bring up, but I just I didn't want we'll, you to miss it. We'll see. Uh, Devonte Wicks, who goes by Tay, I believe. So Tay Wicks is back after being out for like a week with the concussion, and you watch him too, and he is very smooth and quick as well. Another guy who was really good his junior year, but wasn't good his senior year, which you could say about this draft class and probably the previous one for a lot of guys, but. LaFleur had a really good quote on him last week saying he does an unbelievable job. As a matter of fact, we were talking with Rabel, the wide receiver coach, and Mm -hmm. uh, Rabel was telling LaFleur how many text messages he gets every night from Wicks in terms of he's always studying. So, yeah, so he was out a week. He he was a fifth round pick. So you kind of pen him in there, especially now he's still running with the twos and catching the ball quite a bit. Um, Other than that, Ture is still there. Bo Milton and Malik Heath seem to be battling out that sixth receiver spot. I know uh, Malik Heath had a big touchdown today against the Bengals, but Grant DeBose did finally get taken off the NFI list. And it'll be interesting to see if he makes any name for himself here. I was almost hoping, wondering if he would stay injured and he could like have a red shirt IR year because he's super raw anyways. But we'll see here in the coming weeks if he, you know, makes a name for himself. Did I miss whatever no. you? Yeah, no, you missed. You missed what I was okay. going to bring okay. up. Okay, it was the Randy Moss comment about uh, Cody Cress. Oh, what the Randy? I did not see you this. Didn't see that? No, okay. No. I mean, I mean, granted. So nobody knows who Cody Cress is anyway. But I haven't heard and, anything and about maybe, him either until since. Maybe I'm catch. getting trolled by. I mean, maybe this is a version oh, of God. the Adam Schefter fake accounts. I have no idea. But yeah. This is what I saw, and when you search it on Twitter, this is the second thing that comes up. So. Maybe. Oh God! Oh God! Okay, we need Cody, fact this is from this is from Michael Allen at Michael Allen NFL. So obviously official. NFL yeah, yeah, he has NFL in there. No, one he can has do that. a cheese head or a block of cheese next to his name, for what it's worth. Okay. Um. So the tweet says Cody Crest is reportedly thought to be the best young receiver to enter the NFL in the past 15 years by Randy Moss. Moss also said it's not even close, and that every NFL. Oh, that every owner in the NFL should be pissed if they pass on him. <laughs> okay, so now that I'm reading it, and now that you have no idea what it's about, and I'm going to look and see how many interactions. It had 157 interactions, God. or 157,000 interactions, I should say. Sorry. Um, <sighs> yeah, so I, I just Googled Randy Moss, Cody okay, Crest. I think this is fake news. Let's pretend I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I got it had to have been I got Schefter. We've been got, had. I've been had. I was gonna say there's no way in Oh okay. okay. Well this is a lesson for everybody. There's fake oh, news out there. There you go. So that's your anybody can be got. You did that to help everyone else out, so it doesn't yeah. happen to them. Mm-hmm. This is actually just a joke. I yeah. just made it up. Uh tight ends starting things off. Big dog, Mercedes Lewis signed with the Bears. Uh I need to update the intro, which has been outdated for a while. Oh, so I need now to fi- you definitely do. Yeah, I need to find another buddy, you know, one of my friends to do the intro instead that I know from the Packers. So we'll see who that'll be in the future. Hopefully, hopefully next week I can get that figured out. But uh, yeah, kind of a bummer. I still think we probably should have signed him, especially with a uh, note here. Josiah DeGuara was officially listed as a fullback on the depth chart. So, you know, that's one less tight end, big dog. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. he could have stepped right in, but uh, thought that was interesting. 
Luke Musgrave still looks, you know, every day it's, wow, Luke Musgrave is so tall, he's so fast. In, like, seven-on-sevens, he kind of disappears a bit when the pads are on. And 11-on-elevens, he's had a couple decent catches, but not as much since the pads went on, which you kind of uh, would expect. Um, Last week, John Meerdink from Blue 58 had a pretty good uh, piece talking about uh, how, you know, we keep, focusing on blocking for these young tight ends and he did some digging and he's saying that blocking for tight ends is not important at all. He used PFF and did say that PFF isn't like the end all be all, but in the last, I think last season he said only four tight ends had a average blocking grade according to PFF. And usually, you know, tight ends grade poorly anyways. So as long as he can catch, and he's I not think, having a ton of minus plays. We'll see because he's, you know, he's going to get an incredible amount of snaps for a rookie, especially when uh, the <laughs> get this the the rookie record for tight end receiving yards in a season is by yep. Bubba Franks, and it's like three hundred forty oh, wow. yards. Like you would expect Musgrave oh, wow. to absolutely crush that this year, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, with the blocking stuff too, with tight ends, like part of me thinks that maybe blocking is what separates, and not not in general, but like if you have a decent tight end, blocking can really knock them, like put yeah. them in another yes, tier, right? Absolutely. Like you look at like Kittle, Kelsey can block. Um, I don't know, can Mark Andrews block? I feel like he probably can. I have no idea. <laughs> you get to the point where I just, I'm like. Is he no thick? Idea. Is he thick enough? Mark Andrews is kind of thick. He must be. He okay. is kind of thick, and he just like I don't know. I mean, again, he looks gritty. I don't know. Yeah, like, he just go. looks like a guy who would block. I have no idea. He's got like a boxy frame a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Yes. Um, but anyways, like I don't know. It just feels like blocking. If you have a tight end that can block and isn't just chipping, you don't have a Jimmy Graham out there. Yeah. That's completely whiffing on stuff. I mean, it's a big advantage. You know, so I don't know. I think it's it's got a huge value, but I, I would agree it's probably not the most important thing in the world, especially in today's NFL. Go out there and catch the ball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially and with Tucker Kraft being the other rookie and he's a better blocker, it seems like. Uh, a lot of guys were impressed with him at family night. He apparently had a great block on a long A.J. Dillon run or Tyler Goodson run. So he's starting to finally show up a little bit more too. That's awesome. Yeah. And once again, I like I... It would have been nice if we signed Big Dog and he could have showed these two fuckers how to block. That's the only thing. I think it's worth it, especially with how many great special teams players we have on this team, it seems like. I don't know how important Tyler Davis really is, but whatever. Okay, really quick, I just did some research. Um, Travis sees the top PFF, top three best blocking tight ends in the NFL for 2022. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take a shot and guess? It's PFF, so this is fact. It's fact. Yep. So it, when it's in my favor, it's fact. Uh, top three. It's not. I don't think it's Big Dog. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kittle. Um, yep. I guess I will just go with Mark Andrews. Yep. And Goddard. I'll just go with Goddard. I don't know. He's four. Okay. Way off. Uh, Travis Kelsey one. George Kittle two. Mark Andrews three. Goddard four. Oh, so it really is, huh? So it really is like. You're, I mean, I'm not saying Goddard's elite, but your top, I mean, there's, yeah. those are three pretty much, those yes. are your three elite 
at one, two, three for blocking. They're either so. way top ten, top five Checkmate. tight ends in the in the Checkmate. Right you got to yeah. figure out how to block if you want to make <laughs> a lot of money. Offensive line, uh, David Bakhtiari didn't practice on family night, but he was uh, practicing today in the joint practice and the day before that too, I believe. Elton was sick on family night, and then he got in a fight today against Bengals tackle DJ. Yeah, well, the, it sounds like the first one, everyone was saying, like, after the play, like, apparently Elton just buried this guy, and then after the play, the dude was, like, staring at him and then just smacked Elton in the head, <laughs> so then so then a brawl happened, they had to separate Elton, bring him to the sideline, and coach was talking f- to him for a while for, like, five, ten minutes, and they're like, okay, Elton's good, we can put him back out there, he's cooled off. And then he immediately got in another fight. <laughs> he like he like slapped. He like punched uh, someone in uh, the side of the helmet. I think it was the same uh, DJ DJ Raider or whatever. But uh, yeah, so Elton's uh, Elton's ready to go. He's still. Someone brought up how uh, he was calm during the Aaron Donald like fight back in the divisional round a few years ago. So hey, if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna do that shit, at least do it during practice. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see the fire. I mean, it's, <laughs> he seems like such a mellow guy that, like, it's a little bit surprising that he got, I mean, essentially what would have been, like, two ejections probably. I yeah. Mean, who knows? I don't know. Today's NFL. But, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it's funny. It's it's good stuff. <laughs> this is the I time mean, to do great. it. No one got yeah, hurt. it's the time to do yeah. it. Joint practice. I think joint practice should get a little messy sometimes. Like you should, it should be chippy. If you're going to let your anger out, it's better to do it in a joint practice than against your own dudes, which usually ends up happening as well. Uh, Other than that, Zach, Tom, you know, I was really hoping to get this more of a look at him at center, but it seems like he's pretty much entrenched as the right tackle right now. He's listed as that on the depth chart. Not like that's a big deal, but I just, I just really, it comes down to who do you think is a better offensive lineman, Josh Myers or Yash Nyman? And I think it's Yash Nyman. You know, Zach Tom, just his build, his smarts too. And the other thing is Josh Myers has struggled with snaps. Before today, he was the only center who had uh, any botched snaps and fumbles. I think it was five of them before today when Schneider, the guy we picked up last week, had one. But I don't know. I really would have preferred Yash instead. But um... it's early in training camp. But I think that one of the, especially with having, we still, I mean, the, the the line's pretty young on the right side. Um, and it's just like, I really want to have that continuity. And like, mm-hmm. whoever we pick to put in there, like, I don't, like, I don't want the rotating door of like, okay, this week it's yeah. Tom at center. And then, you know, we're going to put Royce Newman at guard and Runyon's going to kick out. Like, I don't like, we don't want that. We want some continuity and we want to get whoever's going to be in there for the long haul in there. And like, it's, it's gotta be, especially for love too. Like we need to, that is like one of our strengths. I feel like on the offense, like it's one of our, the few things that we have that's actually makes us could could give us a decent season as, as input love in a good position is having a good line. So I really hope they figure it out, I guess is my point, but and and not shuffle them around and oh this week we're gonna do this. This is this will be my bold prediction because this coaching staff and God, I could be wrong, but I feel like it, it happens too much with these guys. I mean they've obviously the success with Elton and Zach Tom last year, it's been great, but yeah. You look at 
the playoffs when we started uh, uh, Billy Turner at tackle when he hadn't played it all year. We've mm-hmm. started Dennis Kelly instead of Yash Nyman. The debacle last year was starting Royce Newman and Jake Hansen. I have a feeling that whatever we end training camp with and start the season on, it's probably going to be you know Tom at right tackle and Josh at center. I'd mm-hmm. be willing to bet that the season will not end like that, and it won't be because of injury. It'll be because of play, and they're going to realize how bad Josh is because it's still not. He came into this camp knowing he had to, you know, he was fighting for his job, and all mm-hmm. the, you know, all the blurbs coming out about him have been negative thus far. So I don't know. I'd rather just rip the band aid off now and get that continuity together than wait later in the season, which I assume is going to happen based off of tweets and, you know, things like that. So, and maybe Josh is a, is a great guard. Like, yeah, but that's what maybe. sucks. Cause, cause John, cause runyon has been so solid too. You know, it's tough to, yeah. it's tough to blame him, you know, I just, I do feel good about picks. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't have, I mean, I feel good about if you were to swap some positions around, I feel like you could make a couple different, um, configurations work pretty well yeah. with having, you know, you could move Josh to right guard. You know, I don't know what you do with Runyon at that point, but Yash and Zach can both play right tackle. You could put, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's, there's options that are there. It's just, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a couple weeks. And then if Josh isn't playing well, he gets pulled and then maybe they ride out the season and he's backing up John or something. I don't know. Maybe that's, the, maybe that's the play. Yeah, it's a bummer because it kind of shows that I think they do like Caleb Jones. But the other issue is, is Dave, you know, it's still his knee. They said they they don't have any concerns with it, but he still got pulled from family night. And Yash is listed as the backup left tackle. You wonder, sure. that's kind of Stenovich. They for sure that. have concerns. Yes, but that, I mean, come on. Stenovich admitted last year that that's one of the reasons why Yash wasn't wasn't. Uh, they, they couldn't put out the best five out there because they kind of needed, you know, someone to be ready to play left tackle at any given time. So, yeah, not the best. Uh, moving on to the defense. It's been really, really positive. Usually the defense is better in training camp anyways, but right. it's and really... A, new, a young quarterback to yeah. helps the situation. But even to... Well, I mean, the Bengals have a backup quarterback in, but even today, all the notes and news has been very positive they've against the Packers the last practice in Green Bay Jair and uh Rezul they seem to be yelling at the offense at times apparently he was Jair was saying some pretty mean things to Jordan Love uh earlier this week during practice but really yeah so I don't know I I'm trying this happens every year but it's hard to temper expectations because I'm like maybe we're just too talented for Joe Barry to fuck this up because it, it it's still eight first round draft picks on this defense. That's a hot take. That's the hottest take. <laughs> Steaming. We n- nobody is too talented yeah. for that. But I don't know. You still get the optimism with the things that Jair said to and Razul about Joe Barry being more aggressive and open to stuff. It's nice that he reached out to them, but again, we're not gonna have any idea until you know week one and we actually see this team on the field and you know, live balls going on. Um, it's yeah, yeah. It's either that we do have a ton of talent and things are going well, 
maybe some scheme things are changing and they're allowed to be more aggressive or or maybe coaxed to be more ingre- aggressive, which would also be great. Um, or it's just that the level of play for everybody is bad. Yeah. And by the time we get, you know, you put Joe Burrow in there and things could be completely different. Yeah. That, they would be different. That's what sucks. I really wish he was healthy because that would be great. Yeah. Um, but it would have been great. Joe Goodberry, who covers the Bengals, he did say this about the defense today in a tweet. He said, uh, and this was Zach Cruz who was, at, who was asking about the defense. In response, he said, very good. Van Ness is a handful already. Obviously, obviously, Kenny Clark, too. They struggled with both, meaning the Bengals. Uh, bunch of pass breakups. Bengals QBs were bad. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's still a lot of positive stuff. The defense won for both the Packers and the Bengals. Um in the two minute drills that they were going up against. So I don't know, once again, training camp, most training camps, defenses are um, beating the offenses up. Yeah. Safety <sighs> Savage. I didn't mention this with Musgrave, but family night. Did you see that clip where he just gets bungled by Luke running straight forward, just running straight down the middle of the field? Did you not see I, this? I did not see that. Oh God, you should look it up. It's, it's pretty bad. I mean, he's just, he just runs right past Savage and he like tumbles over. It's like, what are That's we doing here? Wonderful. Yeah. So Savage has still been running with the starters just about every day. But right now it's looking like Jonathan Owens, who we picked up from the Texans, is going to be pretty much every beat reporter has said that he's looked like the best safety on the team, including Savage, who I feel like is going to get the first crack at it no matter what, just because they're paying him $8 million this year with that fifth-year option. But it's been three days in a row that Jonathan Owens has started with the starters, so one could assume that's going to be it. Um, Dallin Levitt's kind of an interesting guy. I know I mentioned him a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wildy last week said that he wouldn't be shocked if Dallin Levitt played a lot of defensive snaps for the Packers because he's really close with Bisaccia and he was injured last training camp. But then uh, Andy Herman said that he wouldn't be surprised if Levitt got cut. And to play into that as well, today not only did Jonathan Owens start with the starters, but on special teams, he alleviated Levitt from his role as the punt protector. So he's getting more special team snaps too, which makes you Mm. think, hey, he's going to make this team here and maybe sure. Levitt isn't showing up as much as they thought. And, you know, once mm-hmm. again, we have so many safeties and decent special yeah, teams players now too. where I don't know how many guys can make it just on special teams here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that is going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. I mean, it's the biggest question mark in the entire defense is the safety yeah. positions. And so, I mean, you do have... You do have Savage in there, but even that, like you're saying, I mean, even that's a big question mark. So, yeah, that's there's going to be a lot to look for, and there's always a lot of hype around the safety position, I feel like, in camp anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, there's always like – I feel like it's a position where guys can shine, and then things just seem to fall apart sometimes. Like, that, I don't – That's uh, – when we talked about training camp stories at the, uh, two episodes ago, I said uh, – I forgot what guy said, but – I had talked to him and I, he had a good training camp the previous year. It was Marquan Manuel who is on the Jets now as a coach. I I said to him, I was oh. like, yeah. So I thought he was going to be the starter for the Packers that year. I was like, oh, good luck this year. And then the next guy was Atari Bigby who walked by. And I was like, oh, whatever. Oh, I, I don't know who this yeah, guy is. Yeah, and yeah. He ended up yep. being the safety. But sorry. But uh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, other thing with safeties, 
I really liked Anthony Johnson Jr. after the draft. I haven't heard his name once this training camp, really. Mm, so interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, corners, Jair and Razul are still good. Jair did not uh, really play today with the starters in 11-on-11s just so they could you know save them. But once again, Valentine, the seventh-round corner, he's kind of the, I would say, the story of training camp. How often – so this guy was, once again, a seventh-round pick. Mm-hmm. He today matched up with Jay, you're not running with the ones on Jamar Chase on the Bengals. What a story. This is before even the first preseason game. This guy's shot right up the depth chart. You know, we got guys in, you know, Shamar Gene Charles. He's the nickel. He plays only in the slot there. But uh, we haven't heard his name once, and he's never shot up the depth chart. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut pretty quick here actually but valentine has been quite the name so it's really exciting once again these last two drafts have seemed really really good like a seventh round pick could potentially be a solid player for us which is shocking because i mean we we didn't even talk about him hardly after the uh draft episode yeah Yeah, it is. yeah that would be freaking awesome to have him come out and shine a little bit i'm just not sold on eric stokes I know yeah. probably in that room, it seems like, you know, Razul and Jair have a lot of great things to say about him and they're, you know, expecting him to mm-hmm. to be the, diff, you know, to be the three together. That room is going to be really solid. I think they really are, are waiting for him to come back, but it's like, I don't know. I'm just not sold on Stokes at this point from what we've seen so far. I mean, I'm not, yeah. he's got the talent. He's fast. I mean, it, it'd be great if he did put it together, but yeah, it's, you can never have too many good corners either. For sure. And then Keyshawn Nixon, you know, I haven't heard too much about him. It doesn't seem like he's been showing up in the slot in the slot as much as we thought he would or at least making mm-hmm. plays. But if you saw that, did you see that clip from Family Night, him uh, catching punts? Yes. I legitimately, this is, I would feel better about Keyshawn Nixon back as a punt returner with one to two balls in his hands more than I ever felt good about Amari Rogers. <laughs> Amari. And this isn't a joke. That is a, that is a real thing because he had, what, five balls in his hands and he was still yeah. catching punts? Like, yep. Amari couldn't with two hands. Yeah, some guys just can't catch the ball. You know, it just <laughs> happens. I don't know. It's one of those things. No, I mean, that's it's impressive. It's not like... Yeah, it's not like the most impressive feat in the world, but it definitely makes you... You're like, yeah, I mean, like, that's the those are the guys you put back there to return punts. Mm-hmm. You don't put stone hands guys back there to catch the ball. Oh, I mean, God. you either got it or you don't. Liter- so literally would have made the playoffs last year if he just Amari <laughs> Rogers didn't exist. Instead of linebacker, Quay and Devondre have looked pretty solid most of camp. They'll probably continue that way. Uh wish we heard more about Quay so far, just with yeah. you know the kind of hype that we got with him moving around. But at the same time, if, if there is one thing that they'd be trying to hide from open public practices, it would be the Quay Walker thing. So yes, we'll, if we'll they're going to move him happens. around this season, we're not going to see it in training camp. We're not going to see it in preseason. Yep. I, at least I hope we wouldn't. I mean, yep. if they are going to do some interesting packages with him and move him around, like, yeah, don't do it. It's preseason. Who cares? Yeah, don't waste it now. Um, and other than that, oh, Devondre Campbell. Apparently, I think he said this on Twitter, how he last year he wasn't very good because he was injured 
um, going into the yeah, season, and he was slow. I, I think saw that. I think he had a knee injury, and then he went on the PUP or he missed a couple games because he hurt his shoulder. Yes. And then when he came back, he was better than he was before he was hurt, and people were a little surprised by that. And it se- it does seem like it was because he was slower because of that need to start the season. So hopefully he comes out with you which know, is one thing on that again. you know most. I mean, not everybody doesn't know what kind of injuries people have, right? So it's like they're not always saying, "Oh yeah, like I got this." I'm sitting out, like you know, they're always they're always fighting to get something too. So I feel bad for those guys. They get, they yeah. get trashed a little bit on Twitter and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they've got a busted up knee or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So uh, outside linebacker and probably the biggest news this week, Rashawn Gary being activated off the PUP list, uh, 270 days after he tore his ACL. Incredible. <laughs> this is like some AP stuff. Yeah, we'll see. And they've oh. uh, they've been saying too just how the watching guys on the sidelines, you know, the injured dudes, how Stokes hasn't been doing much, and Rashawn Gary, they've said like him just with the injured guys has been impressive the way he's moving, and he still hasn't done anything outside of individual drills. You know, he didn't play today in the scrimmage or anything, or in practice. But I don't they're saying understand. he's still impressive. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about that. But like, did he like just barely tear it? Like, I don't understand. He's a freak. Not he is three hundred Yeah, sure. I just, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. wild. We'll see how. I'm still, I still wonder if he will start the season. I would think probably it, it's different than like an offensive lineman, you know, because right. they held out Bakhtiari and Elton. But it's like you, you can could, put him on a pretty good snap count. You can have packages with Gary. You can't really have yes. packages with offensive linemen. And he, and out comes Dave Bakhtiari <laughs> for third down. Yeah. A third down yeah, left maybe, tackle. Yeah, maybe you could do it. I don't know. On maybe third downs, could. we get the tackle who's better at catching so he can just win the <laughs> okie doke. Yeah, the eligible guy on the end. But yeah. There you go. And it's funny. I love listening to Gary's interviews because very early on, he was kind of a little immature. Yeah, some of this stuff is it's kind of funny to hear him speak, but it's like, God, he really does take it seriously. Like he said at his locker availability, it's an honor and a privilege to be back on the field. And it's like a, a privilege, <laughs> you know, like who's who's stopping you? But love to hear it. Um, but yeah, again, in a contract year, it's been cool to kind of see him grow up, too, because if you remember in 2019, his rookie year, he was with Zadarius and Kingsley Kiki when they oh, got pulled yes. over on their way back from that party in Chicago and see the one good thing, he did a couple good things, but the one good thing that he did with the <laughs> Packers was taking the hit on that possession charge. Like you could see him in the body cam footage where the cop asks him like, well, I found some joints in the back in, in the Nike backpack. Is he it, looks at him. And does he look at he's him? Like the Nike backpack and Z like, looks in the back seat and then he like looks at the cop he's like you can put that on me it's like okay z <laughs> that's that's how we got that c that first year like literally <laughs> but but either way you do forget about how great zadarius was in the first year yes and then we smelled I his mean, bullshit uh, and i was like wait a minute yeah yeah i don't know what happened but he was i mean it seemed like he was mm-hmm. a pretty cool dude when he showed up too yeah and then uh, with Gary, too, even this offseason, he graduated from college, which is pretty cool. But he does seem like that cliche leader, hard worker that you want in the locker room. So hopefully we are able to resign him pretty quick here. And hopefully he's able to be, you know, close to, you know, they say 
John Meerding said this after 270 days. He talked to this like football doctor guy last week, and it's like 90% 270 days after tearing it. So that's, 90% is what they're saying. That's what the one guy said. Yeah, the doctor. He Interesting. Had I feel like they always said too, like when somebody blows up a knee or something like that, it's like all about how quickly you can start PT. Mm-hmm. too like and that's like part of it too so maybe that plays into it like if he got in there right away i don't know what the factors are around that but like maybe that's something that can help the healing process well, who knows we talked to brett good the best long snapper in packers history about it because yes, he had torn his acl and he said one of the most painful things in his life was pt or whatever when they had him stretch his leg for like the first time and how excruciating that fr- can you imagine that? the first bend imagine. on a ligament <laughs> i cannot imagine <laughs> It sounds so horrible. <laughs> yeah. But like that, I feel like I what I was kind of trying to get at is that like, I feel like it's really hard for people to hit PT hard. Like everything I've heard is like at the beginning, it's mm, so, yes. and it's your mental too, like mentally getting after like the doctor will tell you like you, this is what you can do, but it still takes people like weeks to get there. Sometimes months to get to that point, but it's Some, like your body can do it. Sometimes years if you're David Bakhtiari, potentially. Sometimes. Still on I mean, a pitch count. Know. Yeah. Um, poor Dave. I know. I feel bad for him. Uh, but yeah, outside linebacker still Lucas Van Ness. He's been running with the starters. He actually had the most outside linebacker snaps on family night. So that's promising to see. Uh, when you get a new car, you got to show it off. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You have to. You got to take it around the block. Yeah. Um, JJ Inigbari was running with the twos, which is a little surprising. He was listed that way on the first first depth chart too, which isn't that important. Yeah. But it was a little surprising to see him as the fifth outside linebacker. Again, that shows you how deep this room is compared to previous years. Um, but yeah, he didn't have a single snap with the starters on family night. Justin Hollins did, however. Um, but yeah, really excited to see those guys on the field this year. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That, that rush is going to be if we can if we can have decent play at the interior, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's I, I feel like like if you this is where I'm at with this team. Again, this team might win 3 games. This game this team might win 12 games next year and it really wouldn't surprise me cuz you look yeah. at if if you if you're picking the if you're ranking the most important positions on offense. It's, I would say it's number one quarterback, number two offensive line, number three wideouts, then tight end wide receiver, something like that. Or you could flop the, the last two. Yeah. Strengths of the Green Bay Packers, depending on Jordan Love, at least a lot of talent there. And then you look at the defense, and I would say corners and edge rushers are the most important. Then it's defensive line. Then, again, it's like a mix between inside linebackers and safeties, and you're like, our strength and our talent are at what I would say are the most important positions on a football field. So if the, if these, these young guys can show up, I mean, fuck, we could, I don't know. We could be pretty fucking good. I don't know. I, I know we're not done with it yet, but who's taking a step back this year? Cause like we, it's always so exciting. And in your head, you're always like, Oh, yes. everybody's getting better. Oh, it never happens. Yes. Half the team gets worse every year, and we'll you're get, like, crap. We'll get blown out by the Bears and be like, what is my existence? What <laughs> right. was I thinking? I know. So, like, who's – who? Do, I mean, of the, the core of the team, who's taking a step back? Josh who, Myers. Off the top of your head. Josh Myers. Um, I, okay, you I, need somebody else. We know he's probably not going to – I mean, Darnell that's Savage. an easy one. I would say Darnell Savage. Okay. Um, 
I mean, defensive line, one. you probably can't say down. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe you would say Kenny Clark, just thinking maybe he's getting older, but you, you can't say but any of that shit. he's not getting older. Exactly. So, uh, and then it's... He's not getting old. Everyone's getting older. Sorry. Safeties, maybe the safety positions are just bad. And then the right side, again, it's like, would you think maybe John Runyon takes a step back? Or, you know, there really isn't a lot of guys. I, I, I do wonder how good A.J. Dillon's going to be, but it's like... Yeah, it could. There's such a range of outcomes. It's ridiculous. I kind of think, I kind of agree a little bit, and I don't really know why, but I kind of agree with Kenny Clark. And then I would almost say on offense, I'm borderline on just thinking like Tom and Runyon are not going to be. I don't know. Because I think we have such a good, like, we have a good positive view of them because they overperformed for what we thought they were going to be. Anything that's based on, like, anything I'm seeing or anything like that, I'm not an analyst, but I'm just like, I think in my head they're great, but mm-hmm. I think, like, they're yes. not they're not great, right? They're not great yet, and I, I think they're going to maybe take a step back a little bit. Yeah. At least in perception. Yes. Maybe that's a better way to put it, in perception. Sure. And maybe Romeo Dobbs can be someone like that. He's been up and down too. So I don't know. We'll see. Inconsistent guys. But all guys, like we kind of talked about there with their arrows pointing up, looking at the defensive line, Devonta Wyatt, he's the other guy kind of like with Valentine, who's been flashing the the second year jump. It's he seems to be the guy more than anyone else. Um, He's finally getting snaps. Yeah. Weird. Weird how that works. Uh, TJ Slayton's been looking good too. Matt LaFleur said this last week. He said TJ's been working hard. I think by I think by and large our effort, quite frankly, particularly with that position, our guy's ability to put their foot in the ground and retrace has been outstanding. It's probably been the best we've seen it, and TJ's done a nice job, continues with those steps and becoming a better player. He also brings up how Jonathan Ford's been looking better too. So I I don't know. I you know, we kind of talked last week where you think um, I think the uh, defensive line might be the worst position on the defense. Uh, you said the safeties. Yep. I guess for the defensive line for me, it sounds like those top three guys are going to be pretty good. It sounds like they're going to be, if nothing else, yeah. not liabilities, which is an improvement for the defensive line. I still just wonder about the depth when you have Jonathan Ford, who didn't play at all last year. Right. We're and you do some... need depth at D-line. I mean, that's kind of essential. You need to be able to rotate them, guys in. Them big boys get tired quick. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's the thing is, like, it's great if you can put out, you know, if but you get those long drives, if you can put out your starters and if you shut them down right away, it's mm-hmm. great. But when you got to go a long drive, they start at the 20 and they get to the other 20. Mm-hmm. It's a long ways to go and get in the red zone and be gassed. Yeah. So those are the tough things, too, is, like, if you don't have that depth, it doesn't really matter how great – yeah. you know, Kenny and Wyatt are because it's like eventually they got to come off the field. Yeah, and then you think of that and any of those guys getting replaced and, you know, you kind of get banged up and yep. close to the line of scrimmage there too. I wouldn't feel, I feel like we'd go back to last year almost. I know the, the rookies have kind of flashed quite a bit, yeah. but it seems more so, you know, flash plays, pass rushes. I don't know how well these guys are going to hold up in the run game. You know, they are I would... undersized too. I would think, though, a good D coordinator is going to take some of our talent at, you know, I could see Lucas Van Ness well, splitting we have to, inside. We have to stop reps. you there. We have to stop you right there. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you doing? Come on. Are you joking? It was it was beginning as a joke, but then I started talking <laughs> okay. real things. Yeah. But, like, 
like a big guy like Lucas, Lucas Van Ness can move inside and have some reps in there. And like, mm-hmm. we can be creative with it, with the talent we have outside, you know, just to at least get a rush. I know they're not necessarily run stoppers, but you know, stuff like that, that you could look at to at least provide pressure and fill gaps. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. If the depth at D line isn't there, let's get a little creative and move some people around. That was one thing that Dom was actually fun. Yes. You know, Dom had, we, he got a lot of heat and stuff, but it, I felt like it was mostly secondary stuff. His front seven was always fun to watch. Yeah. It was his secondary. Well, I wonder, that was not great. I wonder who came up with those names too, because that was what the cycle package, the elephant the, package, NASCAR package, NASCAR package. Yeah. Oh, I love those. I, like, I those think, are so fun. I think the elephant was when it was like Nick Perry and Mike Neal, just two guys Inside? who who were defensive linemen who were outside linebackers. Yeah. This was it. I I forget. I get psycho. And NASCAR mixed up was so NASCAR was the same one thing. Was, Psycho NASCAR, same everyone thing. Everyone was standing. I don't remember. Yeah, that was oh, my favorite yeah. one. That was NASCAR. I think. Yeah, it, it was. It was all offensive or outside linebackers too. I think that's yeah. one that might have been NASCAR. I think that was NASCAR because <laughs> think speed. You put all your speed out there, and it was just like I don't know. It was just fun. You know, when Dom was good, he was great, but it it was bad for about <laughs> three four years at the end there. Yeah, yeah um, it wasn't always good. Other than that, special teams, Andres Carlson, after a, he had the one really, really rough practice last week where he was like one for six or one for five, something like that. Since then, he's been pretty fucking solid. He was nine for 10 at family night. Uh, today against the Bengals, he was seven for 10. And on the two, they have the end practice with like a two minute drill. The two-minute drill for the Packers offense, he attempted a 60-yard field goal and apparently was just barely short of making mm. that field goal. So that's, it's like, okay, if you're going to miss, that's a way to do it. So I don't know, kicking stuff. Yeah. Kick the ball between the two yellow posts. I don't True. know. True. I don't oh, have an, much you, analysis on this. Did you see at, uh, I was wondering about this, the Bengals at their training camp or whatever, they had a rugby uh, field goal post, which is apparently half the size or it was a half the size field goal post. And that's what McPherson was kicking through. Yeah, I love it. That's you should. That's it's kind of you should almost have both bars, or like like their sets of like like training wheels or something. Because yeah, if you're if you're just shooting for that, and then you show up the game day, it's like oh, this is this fucking easy. <laughs> like, Aim small, miss small. Yeah. Um, and then we talked a little bit about it last week, but again, a lot of Huber, Wildy. Uh, Andy Herman, I think Nagler too, all have talked about Daniel Whelan, who apparently is a, like, he was, he grew up in like Ireland or Scotland or whatever fucking country over there until he was 13 and he came over here, like, and he's, again, he's 6'4 and Wildy said that he is, oh, 6'5, that he is consistently hitting 60 yard punts with five second hang times which is wow. going to make it really interesting when we come to cut time, if this dude can actually hold or not. Yeah, that'll be – so does anybody say anything about whether or not he can hold? Is, it, is that a struggle for him? Is he learning? Like what's the status? Uh, I I haven't seen much, but, you know, that's the thing with Andres too because he's missed some, and I haven't paid enough attention to how many of his misses have been with whoever holding. So or I don't snap know. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right, so – We'll see. But yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. You got I'm any- not expecting a lot from special teams. It's always, 
I would love to have a good punter. Can we do that? That would be cool. Yeah, I just don't want to have to worry. That's literally the only <clears throat> thing I'm asking for. I think we're going to worry a lot this year. That's my take. I I... Uh, special teams is going to suck again, except for more on the kicking end than everything else. Where before, it was like the kicking was fine. I'm going to yeah. say kicking and punting. Maybe the punting's fine. But remember, I mean, I don't know. At least when we had Crosby and then we had at least one year with uh, JK 47. Yeah. JK Scott. Yeah. That was, I mean, so we felt good for a little while there anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And now it's kind of the opposite where it's like, Oh, the kicking's a big question mark, but at least we can field punts and do kick returns. And yeah. I feel better about that. I feel like that's less. Well, I don't know. I, I've bitched about it a little bit, but I think Rich Passaccia's job last year was very, very overrated. Um, you look at the reason why Maurice Drayton lost his job, it was because of punt coverage. And Rich was the far, our special teams last year were far and away the worst at blocking on punts last year. We had two or three blocked punts, I think. So I, I still think it's more so been the players at we least have. Two. Yeah, the players we have than the coaching, but whatever. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Moving on, I don't think we have to talk about the family night Mark Murphy stuff. I'll just say this. A lot of people were pissed off at Mark Murphy. I was too. They were asked why family night wasn't streamed when it used to be streamed previously. His answer was, thanks for raising the issue. We decided not to stream family night for competitive reasons. We will be making some adjustments with the scheme this year with a new starting quarterback and several young players at skill positions. If the practice was streamed, it would be easy for opposing teams to be able to watch the practice and gain a competitive advantage, which it's like one, it shows you that Mark Murphy thinks you're an idiot. If you're going to believe that shit, because he's talking about something that is being played on TV in Wisconsin, in South Dakota, in Alaska. So there's still TV broadcast. It's not hidden. It's yeah. just not streamed. It's not everybody can't see it. It's, I mean, yeah. everybody, you, you can illegally stream it. but Yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's the thing, too. They were also going after people who were streaming it. One of those, uh, God, I forgot the guy's name. But he was streaming, oh, really? He was streaming it on YouTube. And that was the, because uh, they tweeted it out. It said this has been copyright or whatever issued by the Green Bay Packers. So they actually yep. went in and put in a, re- a report for them to pull the stream. And it's like, what are we fucking oh, doing boy. here? And, you know, Murphy says they're, you know, they're, it could be a competitive advantage. And there's been some stupid shit on Twitter where Bears fans are coming at us and they're saying, oh, you know, you're try- they're trying to hide Jordan Love and Packer <clears throat> fans are pushing back. And I'm like, you look at the facts – so there has been a weird kind of tempering back expectations and wanting to give less about this team. Matt LaFleur didn't go to the NFL combine for the first time ever. The first time a Packers head coach hasn't gone to the combine since, you know, McCarthy started going and mm-hmm. that was kind of weird. That was in the middle of the Rogers stuff. I think they didn't want him to talk to the media at that time. Oh, sure. Yeah. This year, the OTAs was the first time ever that fans weren't allowed to go to any of the OTA practices. And then we have this thing with the stream for family night. So I don't think it's so much a Jordan Love thing, but the paranoia. And it doesn't seem like it's Mark Murphy. It, Jason Wildea said it's Goody and Matt LaFleur who are really paranoid. And Goody call, or Wildey calls LaFleur the most paranoid coach or one of the, like, he is extremely, extremely paranoid for an NFL head coach. And this is another example of that. 
yeah, I don't know. I guess if we're if we're gonna be that paranoid about it, I want to win every preseason game by <laughs> thirty points because we had the competitive advantage of not letting the other team see our family night practice. Yeah, fucking stupid. The other thing, uh, and I wonder what'll happen of this. You know, we won't talk about Mark Murphy anymore. Uh, but he was named in a lawsuit. Uh, two weeks ago as Saw well that. for that Northwestern hazing thing going on for negligence. I don't know anything about it, but I did see, yeah, he was named in it. I mean, I don't know. Once again, he was the AD at the time at Northwestern when this hazing shit was going on. I wonder if there'll be <laughs> hashtag release Mark Murphy's emails, but I wonder if there's going to be some emails there that's going to give him, put him in some trouble. But once again, the guy who named himself you know, president and that made the football operations report to him was the AD at Northwestern when this hazing shit was going on where they obviously weren't communicating there either. And now he's like, Hey, I'm the master of communication. You can, you can listen to me when he's, there's no evidence of him being good at that. So awesome. Once again, thank you, Mark Murphy for naming yourself King of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, definitely give props he's a money guy he's a business guy outside of that it's probably communications is probably towards the bottom (laughs) of his skills just being honest yeah i mean we have to we have to be honest here so (sighs) it's just not great yeah 2025 or 2026 whatever can't come soon enough Uh, (laughs) 2025 that's what it is and then the other thing i wanted to talk about and i know a lot of people saw this last week but it's this blake martinez shit yeah, can you explain what you know about it? Because I haven't... So I will do it the best I can. Okay. But it's still a Pokemon World thing that I'm not too familiar with and like opening cards and stuff. But I've done quite a bit of digging and I think I can explain it pretty well. And it's fucking okay. bonkers. And I think it's going to get kind of like, not that AMC stock thing, crazy weird story stuff, but it's it might, <laughs> it might be pretty fucked up. So... Blake Martinez, uh, former like fifth round pick for the Packers. You know he was a st- our starting inside linebacker for four or five years. Yep. 2019, he was the Packers. He was named the Packers Man of the Year. They elected him to be their Man of the Year. So, I think a lot of people saw these headlines. How last year, Blake Martinez and his company Blake's Breaks, which a break is like you get a box of cards and then you yeah. open it. It's just called breaking the box and you open up all the cards. Um. Blake, and you like do it on a stream or something like that to show people. Yes, yeah. So, so, so people can see what you're getting. Yes. So anyways, it was reported or he put out that he made $11 million in the first year of his business opening up Pokemon cards, which is fucking nuts. And a lot of people apparently who are who know more about that shit was like, well, how? That doesn't make any sense. And then we saw the headlines last week that the streaming site that these card openers use, whatnot had banned okay. Blake Martinez for, I forgot what they said, but for fraud, blah, blah, blah. But and basically was, like screwing people. Yes. And he was permanently banned. So I, I don't know exactly what they put in that press release, but he was banned for whatever. So <laughs> he, what they are doing, one, one thing. So what you do, you pay, you can bid and you can pay like hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars for either like a box or a pack of cards and then they open it up on the stream where like hundreds of people are watching and it's like fun because you watch Blake Martinez open these cards open your cards open your cards and also it, it lets you so you could like look for certain things so 
sometimes like a box can be like thousands of dollars so you can buy a portion of the box so you know you're not spending as much money as you potentially could okay interesting along with that is there's these little side games that they have these like bounties where you you pay a lot for this pack and if you know energy cards so different every pack comes with one card that's an energy card and there's like eight different colors eight different options that it could be yep they made it sound like it was a random, like this pack's going to have a random energy card. Well, they knew when they do these, open these boxes, that it's a pattern. And it's always the same pattern. So people were paying literally, there's this one person, it was like $1,600 for them to open this pack and hoping that they win like this jackpot by matching this energy card that they picked when it was literally impossible. And Blake and all his breakers, he has eight different people doing the streams for him. They were all doing it. So it was basically playing a rigged casino game. On top of that, he had um, someone, one of his other streamers, open a pack and then pull out a different pack, like on screen, like clearly showing that they were ripping them out of that other pack that they knew had a very valuable card in it. And then another one, every pack comes with a holographic card. On a couple streams, Blake would go through and he's showing you him going through this pack of cards. And when it gets to the holographic card, which every pack has one and it's very valuable, yep. he would joke and it would be a non-holographic card. And then he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then he'd pull out the holographic card that it was. And it's like, if that was a very valuable card, which it probably was, you just fucking yoinked it and replaced it with a very common holographic card. So he's been banned on whatnot. He had put this crying apology video out, but he's never going to be back out there. And this Pokemon guy, Rattle is his name. He's He has all these videos out breaking it down. Sure. <clears throat> and what's fucked. So that's all very fucked. He, Blake Martinez yep. is literally stolen. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty shady stuff that's going Super on. Sh- and it's all on camera. And part of it too is, like I was talking about those bounties and the energy card things, is eventually yeah. like someone does have to win. And usually right. it was usually it was the same people who were winning. Which brings me to my next point. Blake Martinez went to Stanford for college. Yeah. The fullback there and his buddy was this guy named Craig Jones. Okay. Blake Martinez was Craig Jones' best man at his wedding. Yeah. Craig Jones is now the general manager at Whatnot. And he's even been on streams with Blake. So I'm wondering if this dude who's with Whatnot was in on it and they were allowing this to happen. And he is even invested in Blake's breaks, who's now banned on their site and everything. So it might be a whole inside job where, especially with these energy games, and this is all allegedly, I have no fucking idea, where this... Craig Jones guy is the nameless bidder who's winning these energy games, winning thousands of dollars. Like it would be thousand dollar bounties and it's just going right back into the game, you know, right back to Blake's break. So pretty fucking crazy. Blake Martinez is an absolute fucking scumbag is the bottom line. That's really, yeah. Super disappointing. I don't know. That's and I don't fully understand it all to be honest. I I've watched, but I get that he's ripping people off, right? It's a scam. It's yes. like when you go and you play ring toss at the carnival. No one's winning. That's they're it's, it's comparing worse them to than carnies. that because you that's, could technically win. At least when you go to play ring toss, 
the dude the dude who's putting out the videos he's saying that they're carnies he's literally calling them carnies so see great analogy yeah so it's fucked up but i think it's gonna get deeper and deeper and it's gonna be a huge lawsuit i wonder what's gonna happen with blake i wonder if he ends up in jail or prison or something because it's like it's fraud it's going to be some form of fraud probably but will will the people who i feel like there's so many people getting screwed in this so that's how do you get them all together to sue that's back to the craig jones thing rattle who made all these videos he said it's the form you have to fill out for wanting a refund is extremely complicated and tough and a lot of people are even getting rejected putting in their form so it's once again is this craig jones guy behind this shit and just pocketing all this money with him and Blake. So I I wonder what's going to happen and it'll probably probably take years until we actually figure out what the fuck was going on with these people. What is the company that Tom Brady invested his whole salary in? I don't know. One of those crypto This is that. This is that but for Pokemon cards. Pretty much. And like what not is implicated <laughs> yes. and then like everybody is it's just dirty money everywhere. Yeah. 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 Anyways. So. We'll okay. see. Well, Once again, not man he, of the year. Rescinded. No. Fuck it. And he sucked too. He was always fucking shitty. The only play he ever made was against the Raiders on Derek Carr, where he forced the uh the fumble touchback. Fumble at cool. the yeah, at the goal line. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh pretty much it. Packers play the Bengals at six on Friday, and then next week they'll have their joint practices with the uh Patriots. But uh any thoughts, Todd, on the preseason game? Are you going to watch it? Uh, I saw the, the Packers are favored by four and a half points for all the degenerates out there. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and watch it. Um, I think, yeah, I think it'll be good to see. I'm excited to see. Is Jordan playing? That Dude, that's the other thing with the paranoia. They ha- still haven't said how much he's going to play. Jordan he kind of said today he'll. But, but they haven't even confirmed that. LaFleur has been like, I think maybe. And then he was like, depending on how practice goes too, it's like, what are we, what are we fucking doing here? But Jordan did make it sound like that. He'll get in for at least he needs to play a couple series. Yes. I mean, we need to, he needs to get out of play. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I don't, what are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing too. Cause I remember, cause I would, you know, when I used to go to training camp and stuff too, uh, like far being at a preseason game and, you know, 35-year-old Brett Favre, 34-year-old Brett Favre, whatever, playing into the third quarter of a yeah. preseason game. It's like, we don't have to do this. Like, there's a nice middle ground here. There is find. a middle ground, but that's what I want. Like, that's what you want. And I'm not saying Jordan Love doesn't want to play. I'm sure he really wants to get out there and play. Yeah. Like, just let him go freaking throw the ball. Like, yeah. we want to see it. He needs the experience. Like, you're not hiding anything. It, it's football. Yes, and I mean, I'm I'm starting to get excited too. You're you're talking about him just throwing it out there. He's getting a little cocky in some of these, and not really cocky, but like uh, uh, Pete Prisco was interviewing him, and Pete was like, "Oh, so you know, you're kind of hinting at being more of a game manager." And you look at Jordan Love, and he like smirks and like turns his head a little bit, and he's like, "No," he answers, "He's like, no, I I want to show my talents off." I'm like, "Okay, okay, Jordan, that's I love it." That's the shit I've been looking for. Give me, I want the passion of BJ Coleman. Go out there (laughs) and sling the fucking ball. Like, just throw it. That's what we want to see. Go out there and throw the ball. And I don't want to see you toss it into the stands when you're feeling pressure. Like, step up and rip it. 
you're gonna throw some picks who cares it's preseason yeah. this is well i don't want to say this is the year to do it because if we're really bad then they'll draft your replacement but if That's you're gonna true. do it yeah not for jordan love <laughs> yeah. but for if you're the gonna packers do it, yeah. if you're gonna be really bad this would be the year yeah, it's, this will be the year to be really bad for the Packers. And also, if we're not going to be super bad, this is the year to get your fucking picks out of the way, too. So we'll see. You know, everyone knows Peyton Manning. At, he was a rookie, but, you know, yep. led, has the most uh, picks for a rookie. So eh, hopefully that doesn't happen for Jordan Love's first year starting. But if but, he had uh, a Peyton Manning career arc, I'd be fine with it. I suppose I'd be able to live <laughs> with it. But, uh, yeah, that's all I've got. I don't have anything else. Todd, do you have anything else? Oh, the review the pod. Yeah, review the podcast if you want. Whatever, all that yeah. shit on Spotify. Now you can like answer a question. Like apparently Ooh. at the end of the podcast, it's like, did you enjoy this? What would you? What, Pick yes. You, what would you want them to do differently? So you can do that too. Someone like commented last week. I was like, oh, I didn't even know Spotify had this option. So well, what what can we do differently? Uh, I think they just said great pod or good conversation. I was like, awesome. Thank oh, you for great. the feedback. I'll take no it. Criticism. Yeah, take it. Once again, perfect. But uh, with that, I don't have anything else. Todd, do you have anything else? I nothing. I'm excited for. I'm excited to watch Jordan Love throw the football. Same. Yeah, and hopefully, God, if if he gets one series, it's like a it. three. If he gets one series and it's like a three and out, I'll be like, fuck this. I will be very upset. Yeah, I'll be crabby too. <laughs> but with that, Eric Kuskinen, please don't sue us. Won't pay. I worked all year, I worked all month, and then they took my money away. Yeah, well, now I don't care. Cause they ain't working like me down here. And I said, hey,
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.